Technology has connected the world like never before. But what has the quantity of those connections done to the quality of those connections? It's been said that social media alone has brought those farthest from us closer to us, while driving those closest to us further from us. So what do you think? Has our virtual connectedness caused a very real disconnect between us as actual flesh-and-blood human beings? Well, both scripture and science affirm the absolute necessity of high-touch connectedness between human beings for optimum emotional, physical, and spiritual health. And this is especially true in the parent-child relationship. Scripture may be silent about the specifics of digital technology, but it is very specific about the principles guiding our relationships. Furthermore, science is very clear that excessive high-tech virtual connectedness can be very hazardous to one's high-touch connectedness and relational health. Trying to connect in a disconnected world. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, this is Licensed to Parent, and we are so glad you've chosen to connect with us today. Our host on the program is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. I'm Rich Rosel, and Trace, it seems hardly a week goes by here on Licensed to Parent that this subject of digital technology doesn't peek its ugly head into the conversation, mm-hmm. even when our topic isn't specifically about digital tech. But, well, today the subject is digital technology. Uh, you know, you got to ask the question, are we just whipping a dead horse? <laughs> oh, no. No, this horse is alive and well. It's the... And uh, kicking. And kicking. <laughs> it's the eye slaves who are riding this bucking bronco who are whipping themselves to death into deeper and deeper addictions, particularly mm-hmm. with smartphones. And addiction is simply, Rich, uh, anything that we can't or think we can't live without. Besides God, of course. Right. Uh, it's, it's what Scripture calls idolatry, a violation of the very first commandment. And we're given these little plastic uh, trees of knowledge, so to speak, a lot of carnal knowledge, I might add, uh, to our kids, no less. Uh, you, you've heard me say it a million times before, I, I'm not a Luddite. I want my kids to have access to the constructive things that the Internet has to offer. I just want that access to have some wise and godly boundaries put into place. Uh, remember, we're talking about Kids here, not mature adults, even a kid as old as 15 is still 10 years removed from having his frontal lobe fully developed. And that's this, the action consequence part of the brain. And even a kid with a, a heart of gold that you've trained into him can succumb to some pretty crazy stuff when regularly enticed. I mean, King David was not only a man, he was a man after God's own heart. And, and look what happened to him after only one viewing of a naked woman, right? Yeah. Now, there are some things that are just too weighty to justify the risk. Uh, do I really want to put my kids into 24-7 temptation mode by giving them their, uh, their very own round-the-clock, unencumbered access to smartphones? I mean, how is that not provoking them to anger or exasperating them or causing them to stumble? Well, can't the argument be made, though, that, you know, even if we put on all the stops in our homes, even if we say no to everything, our kids are still going to have access to other kids' smartphones when they're away from home. So they're going to see all this stuff anyway. Okay, uh, yeah, but let me go back and just say that Eli got in trouble for for failing to restrain his adult sons. I mean, these were at at least teenagers. Scripture has a lot to say about this type of stuff. But 
Okay, so yeah, the kids are going to have access to other smartphones at school. Uh, again, likely so. But those are often the very people who are also saying that they're, they're going to trust their kids to do the right thing with their own devices. Yet they've already conceded that they're going to see it on someone else's phone. I mean, why does that mean that we have to sanction it from or, and, or in our homes, mm-hmm. our own homes? What, what, what message is that sending to our kids? When we give our, our kids unencumbered access to these things, it often tells them, get out of my hair, or sin's just something nicely naughty, didn't really cost the Son of God to die on the cross. Uh, or, or, you know, how about it might say this, I, I fear public ridicule and cultural pressure more than I fear God. Can God really bless any life that's regularly being amused by the very things that grieve his heart? Mm-hmm. I mean, none of these things are positive messages, nor strong models of conviction to a, to a, to a people who are supposed to be set apart. And, and by the way, to that point, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking we're in a day of relative, you know, everything's relative. Right. And, uh, and if relativism is our guiding light, then, then we do start saying, well— it may be a sin for you, but it's not a right. sin for me, and, and therefore God's death was relative. Listen, the fact that so many parents are giving their kids these devices tells me that that, that postmodern relativistic worldview has crept into us way deeper than we yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, Romans 12, 2 is very clear. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, not the retarding of our minds, mm-hmm. which we know from science is exactly what's happening to our kids' brains when they have unencumbered access to these addictive adult toys. And we see this at Shepherd's Hill all the time with each new enrollment. Yeah, and and just regarding the addictive adult toys, just a, a caution to us as parents, we can find our brains retarding as well no if doubt. we're spending too much time, and especially if we're spending too much time in the wrong places. But, but again, let, let me play devil's advocate for a moment. We can't protect our kids from everything. For example, we, we do let our kids drive cars at 16, and that's potentially directly endangering not only their lives, but the lives of everybody else on the highway at the time. Mm, yeah. Couldn't we say that that's more dangerous than this? (laughs) Rich, nobody is a greater champion of allowing our kids to learn from their own mistakes and take some risks than me. I actually enjoy risk. I've driven race cars all my life. I was a policeman for crying out loud. But I've heard the, that, that car argument a million times before. It's not a fair analogy. Okay. Number one, cars aren't wired by the companies that make them to be addictive. All right? No, mm. Number two, cars are morally and politically neutral, and their makers aren't selling your personal information. Number three, short of a violent traffic accident, they aren't known to damage your brain or your personal relationships, for that matter. Fourth, we've had a 120-year precedent to discover and mitigate the dangers involved in cars. Smartphones are only 10 years old, and we've mitigated virtually none of the dangers. In fact, things are only getting more dangerous and complicated every day. And then fifth, cars aren't skewing our kids' worldview nearly 24-7, nor are our kids sleeping with them under their pillows, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not seeing the risk being worth the rewards here. Sorry. Yeah. But I know some people see it differently, and I know some uh, seem to think uh, it, it, it can work. Uh, keyword, seem. Yeah. All right? Things aren't always as they seem. Exactly. They're not. Well, Trace, as I said a few minutes ago, we've been talking about this topic a lot in the 10 years that this program has been on the air. But more and more, you and I are finding others who are willing to join the conversation. And in fact, most are siding with us. 
One such person has actually been talking about this for a while himself, and he's a man I have a lot of respect for, and I'm very grateful that he took time to be with us today. Kirk Cameron is a television and film actor and producer known most recently for his work in the family films Saving Christmas and Mercy Rule, the documentaries Unstoppable and Monumental, and the inspirational film Fireproof. He's also known for his memorable roles on ABC's Growing Pains, the Left Behind movies, and for co-hosting The Way of the Master television series with Ray Comfort. And Ray, of course, as you know, has been an occasional guest on Licensed to Parent, too. Kirk spends much of his time now producing new television and film projects, including the one we want to talk about today that came out back in February called Connect. He spends a lot of time speaking to people around the country about how to share their faith and how to live out gospel-centered marriages and lives. Uh, Kirk and his wife Chelsea, by the way, are founders of Camp Firefly, which is a camp for seriously ill children and their families. And together they live in California and have six children. Well, Kirk, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thank you. Really great to be talking with you, uh, Trace and Rich. Thanks for having me on your program. Yeah, and listen, thank you for doing this film. Great job, by yeah, the way. Excellent. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your film, Connect, and, and how it can help parents navigate this endless barrage of digital stimuli that's affecting so many families today? No, it's no surprise to anyone uh, when, when I say that it's a challenge. It's, it's, it's constantly changing. It's a moving target. Yeah. And we sort of feel like this just got sprung on us as, as parents. And it really did. In, in, in a very real way, we are the guinea pig generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pioneering a generation of, of children who have grown up knowing nothing other than total submersion in technology. And right. so it's brand new. And, and much of this is, is on the job learn-as-you-go training. Mm -hmm. But um, I made this film called Connect because uh, one year we decided that our kids were at the point where not only they were ready to really learn about how to properly use a smartphone, but they needed to uh, with school and and some of the other uh, extracurricular activities that they were involved in. They they, they required the use of some tablets in the classroom or apps to uh, connect with their coaches or their teachers at school, and so we said, let's, let's jump in. And that's where we really got the crash course in all the bad things that can happen through <laughs> social media, yeah. technology, unmonitored uh, yeah. web browsing. And, of course, we heard of it, but, but you know, we're, we're a good family. We think, hey, you know, our kids aren't going to do stuff like that. And then we, we, we realize just what's available and all of that. So um, I decided to make a whole documentary documenting my journey to talk with five experts. One was a neuroscientist. Uh, I talked with a family counselor, uh, a therapist, uh, a psychologist, a technology expert, and a minister to understand uh, all of the different areas of life that get affected by technology and social media. And that's what Connect is all about, giving parents real help raising kids in a social media world. Mm. And with respect to social media, uh, and the father you feature in your, in your film talking about his 14-year-old son. Can you touch on that a little bit and, and, and maybe share what parents might do to prevent something similar happening to their kids on social media? So there was a man named Tim that we interviewed, and Tim uh, discovered some phone numbers on his phone bill that he didn't recognize. And when he talked to his son about it, uh, he learned that his son had created a whole false identity on Facebook which is very simple to do. I mean, think about it. You just go in and sign up under a new identity with a new name. Mm. Well, his son had done this, uh, and unfortunately, he was contacted by some, uh, well, by a predator who was really after him 
And uh, basically, the father tracked this guy down, went to the FBI and everything else, and ultimately, this guy lands in prison because uh, he was a predator after a lot of young kids. And the real danger here, uh, and a lot of us parents don't realize this because, again, we didn't grow up with it and we're not on Snapchat ourselves, most of us, uh, is that kids are putting massive amounts of identifying information about themselves out there right. for anyone to see. And so they, they literally, uh, they meaning predators and, and the online platforms, they know who you are, where you are. They know what brand of breakfast cereal you like. Mm-hmm. They know where you spend your time. They know who your friends are. They know what your friends like to eat for breakfast. They know how you they smell. Know everything. <laughs> yeah. They know and it never, by the way, pictures and photos, fo- Photographs, images, comments, those things live forever right. once they're, yeah, posted, they're posted on the internet and can never be taken back. Mm-hmm. So some of these kids are going to end up being grandparents someday and uh, your grandkids are going to say, hey, look at my grandmother. She was hot. You know, That's insane. Yeah. Think about that. Kirk, I'm curious about this, though, because obviously you had to take what you learn and then bring it home and talk and have the ongoing talk and talks with your kids about this. Uh, I know in my case, you know, my kids would say, look, Dad, we know all this stuff. We're not stupid. We would never do blah, 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 blah. What what was your experience like there? We can't fall for the old, oh, I would never do that, Dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I know my Bible, and I and I know my own, my own heart. And I understand that uh, at our... At our weak moments, at uh, times where peer pressure is high or you're lonely or depressed or whatever it is, um, we often kind of revert to the lowest common denominator of human nature, and you get going down roads that you never thought you would, and you wind up in places that you don't want to be. And so as a parent, I know not to fall for that, which is why I made Connect, because we say, well, then what do we do? And... um, after learning about the, the, the biological, neurological effects of spending too much time on the Internet, mm-hmm. not to mention the spiritual and, and emotional uh, damage that can be done when you're viewing pornography and connecting with, with bad people. Yeah, you're just talking about the time, not the quality. Eight hours yeah. a day of good stuff is not good for your brain. Yeah, that's, that's right. And it's usually a combination of both. Right. Um, but even the time alone, uh, you know, most phones now will tell you how many hours a day you spend on your phone. Uh, you can just click on the little uh, icon and find that out. And experts are saying that uh, high school kids are spending an average of 10 hours a day on their devices. And what's even more interesting is that the parents who think their kids spend too much time on their devices are themselves spending an average of five to seven hours a day. Exactly right. So, so this can get to be a, pre- a depressing conversation uh, if we don't turn, around, <laughs> turn the corner and get into what can we do. That's true. Um, because there's a lot of positive stuff. So the big takeaways that I learned making Connect from the, the neuroscientist, from the, the family psychologist, the minister, tech expert. They're saying a couple of things. Number one, um, don't feel like you're alone as a parent uh, because all of us are dealing with the same thing. And it's hard for all of us because every time they, they come up with a new application to block bad stuff, uh, the, bad, the bad places will create a workaround oh, yeah. for your kids. And so you're never going to fully get, get around the whole thing flawlessly, right. but we can make uh, a valiant effort. And ultimately, it comes down to an issue of your child's relationship with God yeah. uh, and their relationship with you that's going to save them. No doubt. So the big takeaway is this. Number one, we need to model for our kids what healthy technology behavior looks like. 
So if I want my kids to spend less time on their phone, I've got to make sure I'm not telling them that while they see me answering texts myself. Uh, Hey, guys, let's have a tech-free time while we're having dinner. No phones at the dinner table or no phones in the car. This is a chance for us to to talk. Mm -hmm. And that leads into the second big takeaway, and that is connect with your kids. Uh, Experts are saying that even though kids have more followers and friends than ever before in their virtual world, they're desperately lacking real-life relationships, and they've turned out to be the loneliest generation ever, dealing with increased suicide, depression, anxiety, because they don't know how to function in the world God created. They're just sort of handicapped and, you know, limited by this virtual reality that other people have created, right. and it's, it's really reducing them as, yeah. as humans. You know, a lot of parents feel like they have to give their kids all the latest uh, digital gadgets. I know when parents bring their kids to Shepherd's Hill, I, I hear so many of them say, almost all of them, I just want my kid happy. Why, yeah. why might this not be the single most important goal for that parent uh, to help that, that child uh, uh, achieve the, the joy that every human being is really seeking? I mean, if, 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 if the goal is just to make our kids happy, just give them a bunch of money uh, and some alcohol and some chocolate. Well, they're happy drugs. Let's turn them loose. As long as the kid's got the latest thing that's, that's killing them from the inside out, he's happy. I don't know. That's the greatest thing in the world. But I, I, I know one thing uh, that a lot of families did when our kids were young is they would arrange play dates for their kids. I mean, this was before the kids had any digital technology. But, you know, I think we as parents somehow forget that that personal interaction is a lot more important than the digital interaction, and we don't go out of our way to suggest, and, invite, whatever to. And there's to, so much science yeah. to back that, that that's up. Such a, that's such a good way of, of putting it, and and uh, you know that makes me think about uh, what people did before technology. If, if I'm a parent thinking, boy, I just might, I'm going to ruin my relationship with my kids if I don't let them have what they want in terms of their phone or their computer access and and whatever, you know, um, consider the fact that that. Uh, for all of human history, nobody had cell phones up until 12 years ago when the iPhone was invented. Yeah. But the Internet is a, is, a, is a brand new thing. We remember during the days where, you know, fax was interesting, but there was no such thing as email. Right. And uh, here's, here's the truth. The most brilliant people that have, that have ever lived, the most talented painters, uh, the, the most talented uh, athletes, People who have governed nations, uh, people who have invented uh, incredible inventions, all of these things were done without computers, without social media, without all that stuff for all of human history. And relationships are able to be strong and vibrant and healthy without that. Right. Now, I'm, I'm all for technology. I'm pro-technology. I think it's great right, that we're right, able yeah. to have this radio conversation right now and we can podcast it and all that. Mm -hmm. However, none of it is necessary to have a joyful, healthy, fulfilling life with God and with our kids. And so uh, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. And I know I've done a little mini version myself where I have a, a, you know, a child who is just OD'd on their technology. And it's like, we're going we're gonna to go tech-free for you for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And this isn't uh, you know, a year in the woods, but it's two weeks without. And you know what? It changes the personality mm, of my does. child. 
because suddenly they're interacting with their brothers and sisters. No suddenly they're having conversations it. with us. We're talking today with Kirk Cameron, who uh, has recently released a film called Connect. Uh, it was in theaters a few days back in February and March, but it's online now. You can find it on Netflix and other online locations. We'll be back with more conversation with actor, author, producer, and documentarian Kirk Cameron on Licensed to Parent right after this. The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart-Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherds Hill Academy. Find The Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Remember, you can find us, you can find Trace's blog, and any of our past programs with past guests on our website at licensedtoparent.org. And uh, today we're talking with actor, author, producer, and documentarian Kurt Cameron about his latest film, Connect, which you can uh, find on Netflix, by the way. And, uh, Kurt, we're delighted to, to see that you are singing the exact same song out of the exact same book, that we're singing yeah, yeah. from, so glad to have you with us, Trace. In, in, in interviews we did with Tucker Carlson and with Reverend C.L. Bryant, I talked about urging parents to petition their law, lawmakers to ban smartphones for minors, and both of them agreed. In fact, uh, Carlson subsequently urged parents to do the same thing on his platform at Fox News, and C.L. Bryant said he'd do the same thing on his radio broadcast. So my question to you is, are we overreacting to this? Because... Uh, I think you, someone even alluded to it in your film, but I mean, we're exasperating these kids, we're provoking the anger, and we're causing them to stumble. And Scripture has a lot of very scary things to say about uh, adults who do that to the least of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we cave to the to the pressure ourselves as parents to give our kids access to all the stuff. Most of us do. Yeah. So, 
My thought is, uh, I mean, I can tell you what we do at our house. We gave our kids smartphones one Mother's Day when my when my wife decided she wanted to get gifts for the kids on Mother's Day because they're the ones who made her a mom and she wants to celebrate them. And uh, we gave them smartphones, but we locked them all down with the parental control so there was no access to the Internet. So, yeah, they were smartphones, but no access to the interviews. They could call or text grandma, mom or dad, or a brother and sister. And then if we, when, when we eventually wanted them to, to learn how to use the Internet, uh, they could use the house computer, mm-hmm. like you had suggested, yeah. which is not behind a closed door in a dark room. It's, it's in the kitchen. It's in the den. Uh, and it's monitored. And it's only for a time. Yeah. But then on the phones, when a, an app would get downloaded, let's say it's Facebook or let's say it's uh, you know, something for a sports team or something like that, we would download the app together with our children onto my phone or my wife's phone, and they would access it through our phone in our presence, mm-hmm. not on their phone, <laughs> until they were old enough where we felt that they had the, the integrity and the responsibility to begin uh, using it on their phone. Never behind a password. We get all the passwords for all the kids. There's sure. nothing secret happening inside of our house. Um, and there were time limits put on when. You know, you don't get to take the phone to bed with you. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be up at 2 in the morning uh, texting your friends or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So those things have worked for us, and it's much easier to establish those boundaries and principles early rather than trying to then reel it back in after you've given them full yeah. access. That's when you get, you know, World War Three in your house with your 14-year-old. Yeah, right. So... But having said that, if you've got to have the war, have the war. Because like you said, we are responsible for our kids. And at the end of the day, we have to remember something. We're putting our kids together to give them away. Yep. They cannot stay in our house behind parental controls forever. Therefore, we've got to think of the day when they're walking out the door with no parental controls and they have full access to everything as they go off to college or, or out into the real world. And I think we need to to understand that they need something that they cannot download from the Internet to protect them. They need something uh, that is woven into the fabric of their heart no and doubt. called character. And how do they get that character? Primarily from you as the parent. Let no them doubt. see it in your life. Let them see integrity with your Internet use. And let them see your love for God and how Christ is primary for your source of information, your source of wisdom, your source of how to hold a marriage together, how to raise kids, uh, and how to live, live a great life and stay in relationship with them mm-hmm. so that when they do mess up, they come back to you and say, Dad, I need you to bail me out. What do I do? Yeah. The fact that we're having the conversation is, is important, and yeah. we need to ultimately stand before the Lord and say, Lord, these are the decisions I made and this is why. Absolutely. Um, you know, so help us to, to do this while we have our kids under our care. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent, actor, author, producer, documentarian, Kirk Cameron. We've been talking about the film Connect that came out uh, back in February, March 2019. You can find that on Netflix. You can find out more about that movie and Kirk's other projects and, dare I say it, connect with Kirk himself through his website, KirkCameron.com. Thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you guys. Keep up the great work you're doing. Pleasure to be with you today. And you can find us online at LicensedToParent.org. You know, I, I often say this at the beginning of these programs, that Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And we deal with kids every day here at Shepherds Hill who are pushing back really against everything. Right no longer seems right. Up is now down. Parents know nothing. And to many of these kids, God doesn't either. 
And that's why Shepherd's Hill was started over 20 years ago, to bring help and healing to troubled teens and their families through the truth of Jesus Christ. And we need your help to get that word out. If you know of some other families in need, please ask them to visit our website, LicensedToParent.org, and click on the link to Shepherd's Hill Academy. In addition, many parents need your financial help. Your monetary gift in any amount can help a family that might not otherwise be able to afford residential care get the help they need right now. So please don't wait. Visit us at LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate tab at the top of the page. All donations are 100% tax deductible, and believe me, any amount will help. LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on the program is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.